You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 112. And today I am sharing three COVID success stories with you from three amazing women. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, my lovelies. I hope that you are doing well. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm super excited for this episode, actually. You know something, during COVID lockdown, we're kind of right at the end of it now. It's the 16th of June when I'm recording this. And as I watched my socials, as I watched some of my clients and just people who I follow, there were a number of businesses that kind of stood out to me. And I thought at the time, I wonder what they were thinking. I wonder how they've processed what's been going on. I wonder how they felt. I wonder what they did. And I just thought, I really want to get some of these businesses on the podcast and have this conversation because I know that COVID has been tough for so many people. I also know that a lot of businesses thrived during COVID as well by going online or really taking their online presence even further. And so I think it's important for us to celebrate the successes of those that were able to keep their business afloat and survive. And you know something, I actually think it's really important for us to listen to the lessons that they learn and understand what they did so that you can learn from them as well. And so I'm super excited to bring them to you. So today I have got Sean from Aria Photography. She's also got Valley Loves Wedding Fairs. She was the first wedding fair to go online. And uh, as we'll talk about, she ended up on ABC Breakfast News as well. Uh, and it was exciting to see what she did. We've also got Michelle from Graze with Michelle, which is on Instagram, uh, and she does grazing boxes. And we talk about how she pivoted a little bit to take a look at some of the key events and dates that were coming up in the calendar and how she could take her business and adapt it to what people might have needed at that particular time. And then we're speaking to the lovely Paula who is one half of Fluffy Crunch, which is a gourmet fairy floss business. And once again, they were on the project, uh, which is a Melbourne-based or Australian-based news program that I love uh, and really looking at what they did differently and how they were almost about to go out of business and how they came back stronger than ever. So I'm excited to share these stories with you. Let me know what you think. Go and give them a lot of love and support because for a couple of them, it was their first time on a podcast and so they were a bit nervous, but they did such an awesome job. So super excited to have them on. But listen, before we dive into this week's episode, uh, we've got so much to get through, but I just wanted to remind you two things. Number one, if you haven't checked out my free masterclass, make sure you do. It's at suzechadwick.com forward slash scale. And it's all about how you can build a bold brand and scale your business to attract the clients you really want. And the second thing that I wanted to let you know is that BBA doors 
are opening soon. And so if you want to get on the wait list for Brand Builders Academy, which is my signature course about how you can get more confident and build the systems, structures and strategies to scale your business and really create a profitable business. That is the most important thing when it comes to how you are running your business and how you are connecting with your audience. Then all you have to do is go to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and jump on the wait list. And there will be a very special email coming out very soon to those who are on the wait list with something extra special. So make sure that you jump on that wait list and check out the masterclass. But hey, I'm super excited to bring this week's episode to you. So let's dive in. Sean, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thanks for having me, Suze. So good to have you here. Um, now, you are one of my BBA ladies that I do love so much. And so it's been amazing to watch what you've done during the COVID period. Um, and I was quite, not surprised, but uh, we're going to talk about what you ended up doing. And it was kind of the first of its kind. But listen, before we do dive into that, don't you love that? I just gave you a bit of a teaser. Um, what we are going to do before that is for those of my listeners who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about your business or your businesses yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what your main focus was before COVID hit? Cool. So I am a, as you know, because we've spoken before a fair bit about what I do, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I actually had to laugh the last time that we had like a one-on-one Zoom and I was telling you about kind of all the businesses that I'm involved in and you were just kind of sitting there. I could see your mind ticking over going, what? Huh? Like, I don't really get it. Anyway. <laughs> it was a lot. There was yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. I call myself a passionate multitasker. Um, so I juggle a few businesses and I have a three-year-old and it, it all seems to kind of work. Um, so passionate multitasker. But my main business is I'm a wedding photographer and I've been a wedding photographer for six years. And through that has come a couple of other kind of side hustles or side ventures, um, namely the Valley Loves Wedding Fair. So uh, a, a girlfriend and I put that wedding fair together because we wanted to create something really cool in the Yarra Valley that was going to support our community of really great vendors and bring great couples to amazing vendors. Um, and we've been doing that for four years now. Um, my business partner left the business at the start of the year and now it's all mine. Um, so yeah, we, we run the fair once a year and we're just about, well, we planned a big scale um at the start of the year i started to look to other locations that we could run the fair and um yeah we were due to run the valley loves wedding fair on the 19th of april this year amazing so just uh in regards to your photography business that's called aria photography yeah yeah and and obviously the connection there is that you were doing wedding photography and so the wedding fair was just a great fit Absolutely. For, for your community and the people that you work yeah. regularly with and what your couples want and those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing as, you know, solopreneurs or small business people is that we struggle with that lone wolf. You know, we're alone a lot. Um, as a photographer, like I hate working alone. My connection to people is photographing them. But when I'm in the office during the week, I just sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to connect with people. So the wedding fair was 
was, you know, born from that as a, as a starting reason, I suppose, but also because we identified an opportunity in the market where no one was offering, you know, a wedding fair experience for couples where, you know, someone's partner actually wants to come along and drink beers and lay on the lawn and, <laughs> and enjoy the wedding planning process as well. So, yeah. we, so it was for the blokes as well as the girls, absolutely. all for girls that love a bit of beer. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I, I said a couple of years ago we had amazing weather. It was like 23 and beautiful and I, I walked outside and I just kind of looked over the sea of people sitting outside drinking, having champagne and our vendors because basically it's the idea is they come and stay and play for the day. Amazing. And, um, and I just was like, this is like a wedding expo and a music festival had a baby. Oh, um, my gosh, I yeah. love that. That's so <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, so, um, so that's, that's Valley Loves Wedding Fair and, and like I said, we've been doing that for four years. So this year was going to be our fourth year mm. doing Yarra Valley and we just started to kind of put our feelers out into the peninsula and we'd, we'd found a venue down there so we were going to run a physical face-to-face event down there in um, spring but obviously everything's changed. So yeah. yeah. And so when COVID hit, just tell me what happened with your businesses. Okay, so I can actually literally tell you (laughs) um so I had the week of kind of like the weekend of the 19th 20th and 21st that was when so the Wednesday of that week they announced that it was a pandemic Mm. and I remember actually that day sitting down about to roll out the heavy um pricey part of the marketing campaign for the Valley Loves Wedding Fair but apart from that um, with the photography, I went, I did a couple of weddings that weekend and then literally spent the following two weeks on the phone to couples going, no, we're, because that's that's our busiest time of the year. Yeah, March is the busiest month. You know, we had 11 weddings booked mm-hmm. and I had all of the bulk of my weddings booked in the last two weeks of March, which is just strange. Usually it's across the month, but for me, it was the last two weeks. So I had poor couples on the phone saying to me, oh my goodness, we've got to cancel. And so we were just working through that. So as a wedding photographer, I literally went from having a thriving business to literally having no work. Um, And when I say no work, obviously clients, I've been really lucky and I touch wood when I say this, they have postponed rather than cancelled. So obviously that's... Well, yeah, I mean, people are going to postpone their wedding. They're not going to cancel it. Well, so many have cancelled. So Really? Yeah, I've had friends that have lost because now there's a second wave of couples that can't afford to have their wedding anymore because they've lost their job. So there's a, a big kind of disruption to the market in that way. Mm. Um, but basically everything got pushed back. So some couples pushed into October, November and um, and some couples pushed into early next year. But okay. I was really lucky all of mine postponed. Um, but what happened with the wedding fair was, like I said, I was literally about to sit down and, and lay out our Facebook and Instagram and our social media heavy marketing for the final mm. four week lead up to that. And I just don't even know what it was. Something inside told me to not do it that day. I just went, do you know what? I think that the world's about to change and I don't know if we're going to have this event. Like it just... so. Yeah. We stopped the marketing straight up. Now, we had already paid for some marketing, but we hadn't done the really expensive stuff yet. So I was really thankful that whatever instinct was inside me, and I don't have no idea to this day what that was, but it worked. 
Um, and then obviously I was focusing on looking after my clients, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking, how can we support this beautiful community of vendors because we have an amazing community of vendors after the last four years how can we genuinely support them through such a difficult time i had friends that literally were suffering with depression and anxiety and things that they had never experienced before in their life because their their business lives and their livelihood had been literally pulled out from under them in such a quick way and when you're on the phone with couples for a week it's depressing it's so depressing I can't even tell you I so for me the idea came that we could and I don't even know where I was when the idea of the virtual fair came but it came to me at some point and then a vendor actually so I was thinking okay how can we make this work so it's not just an online directory but it's an actual online engaging with people connecting couples to vendors like events yeah, pretty much, yeah, and bringing people together on the day that we were meant to do the fair. So we obviously had hundreds of couples that had bought tickets for the fair already and hundreds of couples that were intending to over the following four weeks. So um, we were able to obviously refund their ticket money, but we wanted to provide them a conduit to link them to vendors as well. So, um, yeah, the idea of a virtual wedding fair came about so I think for me personally, it was such a great distraction. Um, I went from being in depressed wedding photographer mode to, okay, (laughs) let's make a plan. Let's make this happen. And then I started Googling it because I'm always going to see if anybody's doing anything similar um, just to see what's happening in the marketplace. And no one had ever done it in Australia. And from what I could actually see, no one really had done it worldwide. So there was a lady in the UK that calls that has a virtual wedding fair, but it's a different format. So no one has done it how we've done it. Um, Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And I think the next following three weeks, which is this surreal roller coaster of, because, you know, when you do anything for the first time, obviously it's scary. Um, We didn't charge our vendors for this, you know. I was about to say, was it a revenue generator for you or it was really just kind of, I guess, goodwill for customers and vendors or for, you know, couples and vendors to just, yeah, yeah, continue to connect with them. Yeah. So I, I could, we could have charged for it, but I didn't feel like that was the right time. And I also felt like this was a time where we were asking vendors to stick with us because we were postponing the fair. So the physical fair we've postponed to spring and we don't even know at this point if that's going to happen. I'm sure it will. Yes. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Come on, Dan. Um, Yeah. So we, we postponed and part of that was saying, guys, stick with us because we're going to support you. So if you stick with us, we're going to support you with all of these things that aren't going to cost you any more money. Amazing. But we genuinely, genuinely want to support you at a time where you literally are not getting deposits. You're not getting, you know, you've got some clients asking for their money back and some of them don't have that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we decided that we weren't going to charge for it and we were just going to support. And, look, it was a huge amount of work, but in my mind, so like worth that. it. So worth it. I mean, the trust that you would have built and the goodwill and the just gratitude from people, I think, will absolutely carry you, you know, yeah. when, when the physical one comes through. I mean, people don't forget that. No, don't forget when you show up like that. 
Absolutely not. And it, and it's funny, I suppose while I was in it, I didn't really think about that. Mm. And it was only kind of afterwards that after the event that I looked back and was like, wow, you know, this is something really cool. And I actually caught up with a vendor yesterday and she said to me, um, Sean, you helped us at a time where we felt hopeless. And I literally sat at the table and had a little cry. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. I I just don't, I didn't understand the impact of it. You know, for me, we were just trying to support them. But if we were able to help them carry them over while we were waiting for things like JobKeeper to be announced or whatever it might have been, then amazing. And also just as a brand for us, you know, part of what we do is we love on our vendors more than any other wedding expo or wedding fair. That's that's our brand. Um, Yeah. And for us to be able to build that trust and and it's also built this amazing kind of online community too. So before that, you know, we had a Facebook page and every now and again, like we touch base with everyone, but we started this great online dialogue with everyone and people were supporting each other and to the point where I didn't, I got to the point where I don't need to manage that. Everyone's talking and interacting with each other. And on the day we just said to people, can you, share your experiences because obviously like we were sitting in the office going, um, is this working? Like we have no idea. (laughs) And it started at nine o'clock and at 10 o'clock we had people going, I've got meetings booked. I've got zoom meetings booked. And by midday people had booked work and had deposits. And one of our vendors actually shared a photo of his bank statement where couples had paid him deposits. And I just literally sat with my mouth open and just completely in awe of what had occurred. And, and, um, yeah, it was just amazing. It was amazing. That's incredible. And so, um, I guess the other thing was that what, were you on a TV? I saw you were interviewed. (laughs) I can't remember what it was. Was it the Today Show or Sunrise or something? No, No, it was ABC Brekkie. Um, it was um, ABC Breakfast. Okay. Yeah. So from the the Yarra Valley Valley Loves, yeah, um, we ended up getting press coverage for that. So we got um, we had so much attention. Our our social followers went through the roof, and we had all of these people um, contacting us, going, "How are you doing this? Like, how does how does the format work?" And I was watching because it's a pre-registration thing, so couples pre-register, which was great because it was it enabled us to glean a huge database of couples that we can now market to for our physical events. Yeah, amazing. Which is just great. We know when they're getting married. We know their Instagram handle. We know all of that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> so we had people registering and I'd go, oh, that person's a wedding photographer. Oh, that person is a wedding planner. That person's from our competition. Um, so we had people registering that, that basically wanted to sticky beak, which yeah. I like, <laughs> secretly loved. Yeah, um, it's always the way. Yeah. And we, so we, because we've got a heap of, heap of um, traction with it, we got the feature in the Herald Sun, which was amazing. Um, and then after we did the Yarra Valley one, we were like, well, we were going to do the Peninsula, so let's run it again for the Peninsula people. Um, so that was a paid platform and very affordable, less than $200, so super affordable for vendors to take part. But we had to do that because we had no investment from them for a physical fair at that point. Yeah. And we also needed to pay for advertising 
So it was, and like, I think it's totally reasonable. Like I just don't oh, think you can run something of that size no, for free. No, especially and, when they, you know, that it's a proven like format and you've yeah. got proof that people are getting bookings and getting paid from it. So I absolutely. think that that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's two of us in the business, so we need to pay wages. Yes. Um, Yes, but also, you know, just the marketing piece. And so from both fairs, a 30% conversion rate. So the Yarra Valley Fair was massive, like ridiculously off the charts as far as... So can I ask how many attendees, like as in couples, registered for that virtual Valley Labs Fair? Almost 800 registered couples register. So that is slightly more than what we get to our physical fair event. Yeah, wow. And we know that they were couples that were getting married in the area. So there was a few kind of smattering around from, you know, like the city or might have been Peninsula or whatever, but we were, we know we were right on the money with getting the couples that were we were going to connect with the vendors that were relevant to them. So the Peninsula was less bookings, but bookings versus but it was also a a slightly less vendors so it was still a 30 percent conversion rate so there was still over 100 inquiries and there was still over 40 bookings made on the day for 50 vendors so um to us like amazing conversion rate really um yeah so and i love that you know your conversion rates by the way analysis don't you worry (laughs) talking my language i was channeling you Suze. i'm not gonna (laughs) lie um actually natalie who works with me she is amazing in that regard so she's everything that i'm not i'm the dreamer and the creative person and she goes this is how we're going to get there she's your integrator and implementer yeah um but basically from doing the peninsula one by that stage we had heaps of traction and then through one of our vendors being contacted. So he actually tweeted the event and then ABC contacted him and he goes, don't speak to me, speak to Sean. Amazing. Yeah, so I was on um, Breakfast TV nationally, which was so scary. But um, You did an awesome job. I saw it. It was so good. Thank you. I had so many people message me going, "Um, were you on TV this morning? What? You know, just something I do some mornings <laughs> is get on national TV. Yeah, look, it was scary and I, I almost was like, I can't do this because it's just a confidence thing for me. But I did it. I'm really excited. I think when you're talking about something that you're just truly excited about, it's easy. Absolutely. Yes to that. And so what business and personal lessons have you learned from going through the first half of this year? <laughs> Um, so I think probably the biggest thing is I've learned agility. So we are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And I think for, I'm like a massive self-sabotager. So I've had some really huge moments throughout doing these events and we've, we're now doing this event nationally. So we've launched the national virtual wedding fair that we're doing in July and can I tell you, I think I wrote it in the group, like I go through this roller coaster of, holy crap, I, I can't do this to, yes, we're going to do it, you know. Um, so I think, I think probably the biggest thing I've learned is agility around just being able to, if you put the passion and the time and the planning into something that you can absolutely do it way quicker than you really believe that you can do it deep down inside. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, if you really want your business to be something, you can make it happen. So I think that agility is a big thing that I've learned. Um, procrastination. So I've kind of touched on that, but <laughs> I'm like the world's biggest procrastinator. And to give you an example of that, I've been sitting on my rebrand for ARIA, which I actually implemented through doing BBA and it's beautiful and it's it is beautiful and I love it. But do you think I've actually rolled it out? No. Um, so you just need I, to give that to your integrator. Well, that's exactly right. So I was just talking to a girlfriend about it yesterday and I was like, do you know what? I'm outsourcing it. Yes. It's a block for me. So I'm going to remove the block. Yeah. So um, stop procrastinating. And the other thing that I... But can I just say with that, you totally did not procrastinate on implementing this virtual fair. Like you moved quickly, you got it done. I think that, you know, that you might procrastinate in some areas, but I think you've got to give yourself credit for like what you did during this period. Like it was massive. Thank you. I I think because we had a date we were working to, I didn't really have time to think about it. I was just like, right, we've made the decision. We put it out there. We've told the vendors, they're all super excited. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Um, We've learned some amazing things. I can't, I just, I feel like one of the biggest things that I've learned through this whole, you know, for lack of a better term, disaster is that the market was actually prepared for this and we possibly should have been looking at this format before COVID hit. I feel like millennials are very, very comfortable with doing business like this through Zoom. Yeah, 100%. With it. And I had already seen, and this is what's ridiculous, I already had the market research through my wedding business I had already seen an increase gradually from the start of last year through to the end of last year of couples that were wanting to meet me on Zoom or meet me on FaceTime. So this is a natural progression and we've just taken hold of it, I suppose. And I I think that's kind of the super exciting thing. Obviously, we don't wish anybody any harm and it's Mm. absolutely tragic what's happened to people. But... I feel like in all situations you have to look at a silver lining somewhere. And so from a business perspective, I think that this has helped people realise that there is this amazing way of doing business that was always there. We just hadn't really grabbed it, you know? Um, Yeah, I think it's funny because I was... um, I. I have been working with corporates and there's some corporates that I've been banging on for years. I'm just like, just do, I'm not traveling to Sydney for a one hour meeting. Like I'll do a zoom session with you. I'll even do a two hour workshop with you, but I'm not traveling and like losing my whole day. And now all of a sudden everybody's been forced to do it. And they're like, Oh my gosh, we so should have done this ages. I'm going, I'm like, no kidding. Like yeah. I've been talking to you totally. for three years about this. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I've, I've now changed it so that when couples engage with me, because I've got an automated calendar booking system like you do, Susan, when they engage with me, they can just click on have a Zoom meeting with Sean. So I've turned off physical meetings at the moment for obvious reasons. Yeah. But why was I not doing this before? It's I know. Crazy. Well, the thing is, is that I feel like it's that first instance. It's like, okay, well, let's meet, let's make sure it's a fit. If it is, and then you want to meet physically, then yeah. that's fine. Like if I already know I've got the job, it's going to happen. Then I think that that's fine. But yeah, actually physically going somewhere, you lose half a day when you oh, do those sorts of things. That's the other thing I was going to say. The efficiency around it's huge. My meetings with couples have halved in time, being in a physical sense versus um, Zoom. I 
Which I, saves you money and saves yeah. you time. And you're just more efficient in how you communicate. Massively. Um, so there's not like that awkward when they're walking out the door, who's the last person to say goodbye to? It's like there's not that. <laughs> and now you're just like scrambling for the like leave meeting button at the corner of the Zoom. <laughs> It's the new new awkward end of the meeting. How, who can leave quickly? Absolutely. That's yeah. so good. Any other lessons that you've learned? Like I guess the other question I've got for you is, yeah, what will change in your business? Obviously you've just said more virtual meetings. Mm. So you're going to do the physical fair as well as a virtual fair now? Yeah, so for us, basically we've looked at our whole calendar for next year and we are now going, so no one really runs fairs in winter um, for obvious reasons because they're just not as frequented by couples, but couples are obviously planning their, their wedding all year round. So we are going to implement the virtual fair each year in the middle of in the year. In winter. In winter. So that gives us a clear marketing space to market it without clashing with our, with our um, physical fairs. And then we're going to um, run our physical fairs, but we're going to do a few more locations, which is really exciting. So I think probably the other thing that I've learned from this whole fiasco is that, the and Suze, you'll love this, the planning is as just as important as doing. Um, and I swear <laughs> that you didn't set me up to say that, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, the planning part of it um, is so important and this has obviously given me an opportunity to spend a lot of more time planning rather than being caught in the trenches of doing all the time. So for me, moving forward um, with my photography businesses, I've had an epiphany that I, and I was saying this to you before we started chatting, but um, I just want to focus on doing less for more if that makes sense without sounding greedy no it makes total sense i'm not interested in doing so many weddings um you know i i want to spend more time with my family this is one thing that's been really amazing for me is um my son like reconnecting with my son because my my partner's a stay-at-home dad and they have an amazing connection obviously my son loves me (laughs) i hope he does um but you know, before time with him was really scarce. And so for me, and I was really struggling with that morally. Um, So for me to have, you know, a a way of spending more time with him, that's really important. So um, I'm super excited about that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know something we, and I talk about this in BBA, we talk about this is that being able to plan and scale and create a business that works for your life is what we're, what we're doing it for. You know, it's not about having more business that takes up more time that creates more stress. It's, you know, getting paid really well for what you do and having less clients that are, you know, better or more at the level that you want them to be. And then being able to, like, I love the fact that the virtual fair is scalable for you. Like you could have 500 attendees, you could have 3,000 attendees and it doesn't require more work and time and effort from you. Like it's, you know, having those systems to be able to scale like like that and being able to plan that marketing really takes the stress away as well. So it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's, that's one of the things that's been easy about taking it to a national format is we literally are just taking that same format. We just have more vendors. We just have more states. Um, 
you know, we just have to send the, the, um, the website people, the hosting people a message saying, will it crash? Yeah, that's the only thing. As long as your tech can support it, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We've already covered that. Um, but the other thing, like just little things that have, have gotten better for me too is I can whip a website up really quickly now and things like learning code and all that sort of stuff. So I, I do Squarespace um, websites and I've always just been so basic with it, but now like I'm, I feel like a bit of an expert. Fancy. You being fancy. Yeah. But all of these amazing kind of skills have come out of it just for me personally to upskill into different areas of, you know, that online tech engaging with people and using tools and apps and things like Tidio. And I don't, I don't earn any money for saying this, but Tidio is a live chat um, bot that you can pop into your website and it's free. And you literally can just pop it on there and you can live chat with people through that. And it's free. And there's so many little things that we've learned through this that are just great for our, great for all my businesses. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been amazing for so many reasons. So, yeah. Oh, so good. I love all that, Sean. And I'm so happy that it's all worked so well. And I feel like being able to take those new services and products forward in your business is such an exciting thing. And like I said, you know, I feel like there have been so many stories that I've seen where people have just really, you know, people hate the word, but pivoted and, you know, evolve, <laughs> yeah, evolve their business. But I also think you, that any business should really be looking at if everything was to shut down again, what would I have that would earn me money? Um, you know, and having online elements to your business, I think it's just, it's, it's not a nice to have anymore. It's no. an absolutely yeah. must have. Totally viable. Yeah. In order for you to continue to be able to earn revenue, no matter what's happening in the world as well. Yeah. And I think, I think what's really important to mention too, is you can pivot on a pivot I know that that sounds a little bit wanky, but you could be halfway through your pivot. Is everyone sick of that word yet? I love it. Um, You could be halfway through your pivot and go, okay, this is taking me in a different direction than I first thought it would, but it's actually okay. And wow, look what I've discovered through doing this. I think the really exciting part of this is what we discover on so many different levels, personally, business-wise, and all of the, you know, process-wise, back-end-wise, marketing-wise, client-wise. There's so many advantages to just even looking into it. Um, Even if you looked into a pivot and decided not to do it, you're a better person, you're a better business person. Well, you've learned something from it for sure. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Um, and so for those of my listeners uh, who want to find out more, where can they, where's the best place to find you? So I've got ariaphotography.com.au on Instagram, ariaphotographyaus, because someone stole, stole that overseas, oh, um, Aria Photography. <laughs> um, but the virtual wedding fair is happening on July 18 and 19, the National Virtual Wedding Fair, never been done in Australia before, which is really Woo-hoo. exciting, in case I haven't mentioned how exciting it is yet. Um, and you can find that at www.thevirtualweddingfair.com.au or just virtual wedding fair on Instagram but yeah I would if anyone has any questions or wants to touch base feel free 
Amazing. We'll have all of those links in the show notes. But Jean, thanks so much for hanging and for sharing. I'm so excited that you invited me. Thank you. It's such a privilege to be on the Suze Chadwick's podcast. Are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) Such a privilege and an honour. So thank you. Appreciate your time. Oh, pleasure. Michelle, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you. So good to have you here. Very excited. Very, very excited. Oh, so good. Now, I watched your business mainly through Instagram uh, Mm -hmm. during the COVID period. And it's always really interesting to kind of step back and watch what other people do and how they're coping with things. But, you know, you were one of the people that really stood out to me, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I saw you pivot and change and I saw you talk about things. And so I really wanted to, I guess, delve a little bit more into your experience over the last couple of months um, and how you've kind of handled things. So for those of my listeners who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about about you and your business? Okay, so my name is Michelle and I have a grazing business which I started 12 months ago. Um, and it, it started on the off the back of just styling a table for a friend and people said, you should give it a go. So I know you shouldn't say this in business. I didn't think about it. I just did it. I and, love that. Uh, yeah, and I had no plan and, um, and it grew and surprises me every day. So I create lunches for, um, I've got a couple of corporate clients, raising boxes, tables, which obviously can't do at the moment. And um, through COVID, I pivoted to making kids hampers and hampers. Yeah, amazing. So when COVID hit, I mean, what was your first thoughts and feelings when we kind of went into lockdown? Because obviously the majority of the things that you provide in your business are for people when they're having parties or getting getting together or lunches and meetings. I guess for me it was I had it more it was more relevant to me because I work for a um, surgeon. So I I have a, a I work part-time as well. So we were dealing with COVID as a business, as his business, and so I, and he works within a hospital setting, so I knew exactly what was going on. So I internally was panicking because I kept thinking, well, grazing tables are out. What am I going to do? So I thought that very, very early on, probably a week before it really hit us. So I was already... My mind was already ticking as what I was going to do and how I was going to pivot. And so what did you see from an ordering perspective? So from the traffic that was happening in your business, from customers, et cetera, like when we went into lockdown, what was what yeah. happened in your business at that point? So I had, a, I had a few grazing tables booked. So within those couple of weeks, they, they basically all went. I also do um, corporate lunches. They got stopped. So I knew then and there that businesses were going to get locked down and I needed to be smart and I needed to, to pivot early before anybody else really started to think about it. And so was that your first thought, like when orders stopped coming in, were you already yeah. thinking, okay, what am I going to do differently? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, how am I going to approach this in a sensitive way but also make my business survive? survive what I knew was going is going to be a difficult time because you have to remember because I worked two businesses I watched one business crumble 
and I watch mine thrive. Mm -hmm. So I've dealt with two different emotions for two different businesses. So I had to be smart. I had to be smart because there's lots of grazing businesses out there. I had to have a point of difference. And so what was your thought process from there and what kind of actions did you take? I knew that I had Mother's Day coming up and I knew that I had Easter. And I knew that Easter was celebrated for, mainly for children. So I had to, I pivoted and that was where I created the children's, um, the children's box. And I put a post out and it went crazy. And I did, I think, over 100 individual customised boxes but you have to remember, I did them customised with one shop open. Kmart was all I could get. Wow. So, so I started doing them, but then I panicked because they were saying, don't go to the shops, only go out when you need to. So then I pulled the pin and I said, I'm not doing it anymore. I can't do this. I feel really guilty for leaving, for going, for leaving my home when we should be staying at home. And... Um, yeah, and then I, I had a really good think and thought, no, Michelle, you're an essential business. You're able to um, deliver. Just let's do it. And I did. And I was, yeah, I was successful. I was lucky. Yeah. I was lucky that I thought about it early, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's so good. And so with the 100 boxes, was that from social? Yeah, yeah. So I... Um, I just had done one for somebody just randomly for like a couple of weeks before Easter and I thought, oh, I'm going to do this for Easter and I said, oh, I've got these great. I wrote something on socials and... Um, <laughs> I wrote something. <laughs> I put something together yeah. and, um, and a, a business got hold of that. I'm not sure if I can say who. Yeah, sure. So, so Sharif from Digital yeah. Picnic. Um, saw it and she posted and um, she ordered, ordered and paid, I just want to say, and um, it went crazy. I remember it was a Saturday night and my phone was going ping, 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 and it didn't stop. That's and amazing. Was, yeah. So that was, that was my pivot. That was, and that was what, what started it all really. Like it was doing all right before, but that just took it to the next level. And then Mother's Day, I saw that you had something different as well. Yeah. So then for Mother's Day, um, I collaborate with a girlfriend of mine who lives in the same area as I, um, Amanda from Proud Designs, and she's like the most magnificent florist. Like she's just got a gift. And we said, let's do something together. So we then collaborated with a couple of other businesses and um, we did a... Uh, a giveaway, like a, a Mother's Day hamper. And then from that, we just, the orders just kept coming through and coming through. And so I think for that one, I had grazing boxes. I had, we had grazing boxes. We had hampers, individual hampers. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I didn't think about it. I just did it. And yeah. we, we handled, we delivered them all ourselves. Like it was, it was nuts. But um, I don't know. I'm just that type of person. I just, I don't think about it. I just do it and then I think about it later. So I love it. That's so yeah, good. Yeah. So once you had the Easter orders that came through and you had the Mother's Day hampers, which looked amazing and beautiful, did that kind of make up for all of the orders that had been cancelled for corporate and that you had grazing <coughs> tables, et cetera? Yeah, it did. 
it absolutely did. And then I decided to um, to reinvest back into my business. So from from the money that I made from both of those, I um, I then uh, put an online shop onto my website. I did that okay. twice. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, because it just the first one for me wasn't functional, and I just it it wasn't user friendly. Mm-hmm. So I needed to make sure that it worked for myself and for the clients because I was still going backwards and forwards, and I just wanted something where it was just all on on one spot. And I um, also then, um, what else did I invest in? Oh, and the garage. We just decked out the garage so everything is all in one spot because my house was becoming a um, platter, platter haven. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and I was really proud because that was my money. I worked my butt off for it and, um, and I reinvested. I didn't spend it on myself. I spent it on the business and, and, that, and it was just, for me, it was a... Um, I felt independent and I felt liberated because I didn't have to say to my husband, you know, who obviously is the main breadwinner in our house, and we, I never have asked for money, but it was my money. And, I, you know, and I also, and I know this is quite personal, but I paid for my dad's headstone. And that for me was, that was my gift to him. And my dad was such a, a hard worker. He would have my auntie said yesterday, my, your dad would be like a peacock. He'd be so proud because he was, he had such a good work ethic. And, um, yeah, so I wanted to, that was really important for me to, that was the last piece that I wanted to do, you know, to, to say to dad, Hey, I did it. And, you know, you'd be really proud. So Amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's so yeah. good. Because, yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, the money that we earn in our business, it's awesome to earn the money. It's great yeah. to reinvest. But it's about, like, what it allows us to do that's personal, yeah. that means a lot to us, that, you know, that whether it's for our family or for causes yeah. that we love or whatever it is, I yeah. think that that's so important. I think, you know, we can go on a holiday and all those kind of things, but for me you know, that was, it was really important that, you know, that I did that. So, you know. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so now that we're basically through COVID, this is yep. like being recorded the week of the 15th of June and we're coming out of lockdown now. Um, what will you continue to do? What do you feel have been the real lessons that you've learned during this time and what will you keep doing from now on? Okay. So hampers are staying. Yes. Kids' um, boxes are staying, um, and I've I've learnt that I'm strong, and that you know, and that I'm resilient, and um, yeah, and I backed myself. So it's it's been there's been lots of lessons and um, personal and professionally, and um, I think you know, COVID. I say COVID did me well. I know it did a lot of people wrong. Um, you know, and, and like I said earlier on, I was, I've been, you know, I've seen both sides, mm. you know, I've watched a business crumble um, and, you know, I've watched one bloom. So um, amazing. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, so exciting you. though, as well, because, you know, and I don't think, I think it's okay to look at the success that you've had during periods where it hasn't been a great time for everybody and yeah. still be okay with the fact that, you know, something you acted quickly you yeah. pivoted, you looked at options, you, you know, made that happen for yourself and out of it, 
You've now got a better or online ordering system. You've now got yes. new products and services, which is amazing. Um, you know, and you set yourself up in regards yeah. to your garage and the production of what you're doing in a yes. better way. And I think to come through a period like this and be able to say that these are all the things that we did and we survived and we thrived, I think is amazing, which is one of the reasons yeah. why I wanted to have you on. Oh, thank you so much. It's just, I think I learned to streamline things and I think I learned how to make things run in a smoother way. So, you know, you're always going to learn lessons. There's all, and there's always, and I always say, I say to my kids all the time, what lesson did you learn? And I learned that I had to streamline things. I learned that I have to say no sometimes, that I can't do it all. Yes. Um, because I'm a pleaser. So I want to please people, but you can't always make people. You can't always, you can't do everything. Yeah. But I try to do most. <laughs> love it. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Well, Michelle, I'm just so happy for you and congratulations Thank you. on Thank you. really, you know, just taking action. I'm all about taking action. And I think yeah. that, you know, if you can and you can see the opportunities, then be able, you know, really take that opportunity to do what you can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so well done. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on. I feel really, um, I'm a bit chuffed. <laughs> So good. So where can people find you online? Where's the best place? What's your website? We'll have this all in the show notes, but what's your sure. website and what's your Insta handle if that's the main place you hang okay. out? Okay. Yeah. So um, the website is www.grazewithmichelle.com.au and my Insta handle is just search for Graze with Michelle and the same with um, Facebook. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. No problems. Thank you for having me. Paola, welcome to the Brand Builders Love podcast. Thank you. So good to have you here. I was quite surprised, and we'll get into this in a second. I love that I saw you guys on the project the other night, and, yeah. we would, and it was actually a segment on businesses that have done really well during COVID. Yes, it was exciting. It was surprising as well because we weren't expecting all the media to come to us. However, they were impressed with our results and they wanted to use us as an example for other small businesses. Amazing. So for those of my listeners who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about your business and what you do? Of course. Fluffy Crunch is the only multi-award winner Fairy Floss in Australia. Um, we pretty much had taken the traditional classic and turned it into something more exciting. So we created gourmet flavors like salted caramel, crushed cookies, um, even peanut butter flavors. So pretty much that's us. And we have been trading for over four years. Um, our business has been mainly events and festivals. And out to sudden, we had to turn everything into gifts for people. I know. Amazing. And I mean, I, uh, I spoke at a conference in Sydney last year. It was last year for Tanya, which is life uh, so little celebrations as well. And, uh, and when I was looking at your website, I saw an amazing video of you guys at Vivid in Sydney, which is the light festival there. Uh, and it just was so amazing to see all of your customers' responses to what you do. Who knew that gourmet fairy floss was even a thing? Exactly. And then 
girls enjoy it so much. You've got no idea. <laughs> yeah, it looked amazing. And so uh, give me a little bit of an understanding. So prior to COVID, yeah. was it mainly events that you were doing? What, what, how did the business create revenue? What were you doing? Pretty much um, we did have the website ready because we do party favours. We personalise party favours with Periflos. Uh, so that was the main focus for online. However, all our time was dedicated to events and festivals every single week. Um, we were doing around four to six events every week wow. between private events, and food markets and festivals. So pretty much 80% of our money was coming from events. Um, and the website was there. It was giving us money, but it wasn't our main focus. And then... What happens was um, we were booking a lot. This was supposed to be our biggest year in events. We had booked so many events. And I'm talking about expensive events where we were expecting to make a lot of money. Yeah. All of a sudden, everything was completely gone out of our calendar. So it was, it was depressing. Yes. <laughs> it, it wasn't nice to digest. Yeah. And so the events that you had scheduled, have they been postponed or were they cancelled? Like what was the situation? Well, some of them have been cancelled. Some of them have been postponed. Um, what can I say? Some of them have been moved to 2021. Okay. Um, some of them are expecting to do something maybe in October, but now it's looking like it's not going to happen. Um, I'm sure the Royal Easter show in Sydney will happen this year. We hope, we really hope, and um, Vivid as well. But for example, um, the Royal show in Melbourne, um, it was cancelled already, even when it was in September. Um, festivals in Canberra, they have been cancelled. Um, okay. Pretty much we travel all around <laughs> Sydney and interstate places as well for big events. Amazing. Cancelled with the expectations to happen next year. And so you're also supplied to shops like at the airport and that sort of thing, so wholesale. And so was that still there for you? That was our biggest uh, wholesale client and that was the first one that notified us. That's it. So imagine for us, um, yeah, it was not pretty because they had so much stock. Then we had to arrange to pick up a stock as well. Oh, wow. It's just, yes, you could imagine their issues and the logistics. They had to deal with not just all the stock, like many companies, um, many suppliers had been supplying for the airport and they had to pretty much get rid of everything. So Wow. Okay. And so when COVID hit, what were you guys thinking? Like, so now the shows are cancelled, events are cancelled, the airport has cancelled. What, what was kind of the first thing that you were thinking you had to do? We were doing some events in Canberra, then Newcastle, when we started to see things changing and we were boring. However, we thought, look, we can manage. We will be fine. Like the Easter show is not going to get cancelled. There's no way they're going to cancel. It's no way, no way. Um, but then a week after, boom, notification that they cancel. That hit us very hard. Uh, the day after, we had a private event. Um, all the event organizers, the catering people, we were all depressed. We were at the party um, helping some people celebrate, but we were inside ourselves. We were all looking at each other, freaking out. Um, everybody talking, um, my next month is being canceled. My next month is being canceled. We were like freaking out. And it was like at least five days where I was 
crying every single day. Michael, my husband, he was like on the press mood as well, like feeling like hopeless, mm. like not knowing what to do. We had been working so freaking hard. And then out the side, everything was gone. I'm getting emotional. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it was it's crazy. a lot. And it was, it was, and then you would turn to social media and everything was looking dark because everybody were upset and crying and depressed. Mm. Everything you would see was uncertainty mm. and that was very scary. Um, we thought, what are we going to do? All our events are gone. A lot of our money has been invested as well in events. How are we going to get that money back? And how are we going to also pay money back to, to a lot of things that we had committed or people that had paid us in advance? So it was scary. Like, mm-hmm. you got no idea. It was like five days and we had never been in that situation position. We, we were very scared. And so what did you decide to do? Of pretty much um, out being in the dark because pretty much that's what it was. Um, we, Michael spoke to one of his friends, one, one of the vendors that had been in our journey, um, just to exchange thoughts. What are you doing? What are we going to do? And he obviously was already bouncing back. Um, he was in another <laughs> space. Yeah. And he actually motivated him to look, just don't check all the bad news, just, just focus on your business. Don't check on the news. Just focus on your business. And yeah. You can do what you can salvage. What can you do with your website? And don't talk to anybody that is right now in the dark place. Just try to motivate yourself. And in that moment, we pretty much started to reach to our business coach and where they were obviously hoping to get you bounce. And that was what made a difference. The fact that we um, started to talk to people that were already had their stage of crying, yeah. but we're ready to, what can we do? What yeah, get into action mode. Yes, and in that moment, absolutely everything changed. It was like a Thursday. It was like, oh, okay. Stop it's like coming out of the, the clouds. What are we going to do? Ah, well, let's get rid of the stock. We had so much stock because, for example, preparing for the Easter show, takes months is a lot of the stock we had to sell in there to to make it worth it so we had so many kilos of sugar ready and so many fairy floss tabs ready as well to sell not just for us but also for our wholesale um and so you guys did a competition didn't you like every friday you were giving away like six was it 65 tubs of fairy floss basically we were like what are we gonna do we need people to come to our website we need them to help us and chop. So we were, the first reaction was, let's get rid of the stock. Because we thought we're going to have to move out from our chop. <laughs> we're not going to be able to pay rent. And then that's when we decided to think, let's ask for help. We got followers on Instagram. Yes. Followers on Facebook. Uh, we got a community. Let's see if they react. And we make a pause, explaining, hey, we're about to be gone. <laughs> so we're going to ask you for one more favor to help us. And we're going to give in, 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 as a reward, we're going to give every week 60 big tops of fairy floss. That's a value of over $400. So, and that was on Saturday and the sales went crazy. We were like, actually, I was on my sofa crying. Thinking, Amazing. 
and the amount of messages and people, and then it continued going like this, and people were sharing or posts, people were sharing or fairy flows posts, and people were receiving their orders and sharing everywhere on social media, and that was making us more and more sales. So pretty much that's what happened. We simply asked for help, and a lot of people were not even quite aware of the fact, and we were giving away 60 tops of fairy flows a week. Yeah simply there because they wanted to help and they didn't want us to close down. And I think that's the amazing thing. Like, I think that, you know, when we look at building a social media following, when we look at Facebook, Instagram, whatever else, when we build a community, you know, it's not just about the number of followers. It's actually about people that are really invested in the success of your business and they love your products and services. And, you know, I was even saying, saying a while ago that there was an artist that I follow and she created some tutorials and stuff. And it's not that I needed it, but I wanted to support her because yeah. she needed support. And I think that when you have an engaged community, um, who love you like that, when you ask them for support, yeah. they show up in droves and support you, which is just incredible. And so from a revenue perspective, in comparison to what you had forecasted, say for the month or two months, um, how did the online sales kind of compare to that? Well, compared to what we were doing in online sales a year ago, pretty much went up to 700%. <laughs> that crazy 700% increase. That is incredible. And we had um, followers and they taught us they had never bought online from us because they would come to the events. But and then this was the first time they were ordering online and then they ordered one and the week after another one. And then they were sending gifts to the mom or to the nephew or to the people they were missing in isolation. Mm. So pretty much... Yeah, that's how it went. People were ordering multiple times. They were not ordering for themselves. They were ordering for the loved ones. Amazing. And so what do you feel like you guys have learned during this time? To be resilient, number one thing, is okay to cry and to feel down. (laughs) Yes. Got to have a good cry. You got to have that because all the way it's impossible to get up. You got to feel the pain if you have to. But you got to be able to get up. And when you get up, put all the energy. Um, also to realize that you need to be able to change things. Don't get attached to things so much because one day you have them. You don't know what you have next week. And that's why right now we're also working on a 30 days plan where we focus on our next 30 days. Because yes. honestly, we don't know what's going to happen in two months. We don't know what's going to happen this year. So just focus on what's happening right now this week and what's going to happen in the next four weeks. Don't focus on what's going to happen in in six months because none of us know. No one knows anything anymore. And try to be flexible, communicate with other people, um, collaborate with other people, and ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Even if you're just asking another vendor, another friend, help me with this. I don't know how to do this online. Just ask. What is the worst you're going to get? No? Just ask. Like, is, there are a lot of people, amazing people, ready to help each other. So you don't ask, you don't, know, you don't find anything. And this is an example. We did ask for help, and people came to help us. 
That's so amazing. And so when you take a look at your events and online sales and things like that, have you kind of changed or going to be changing the way that you're focusing where you're like how you're doing your business as well? Because obviously you've now got the online sales up. And so are you focusing on doing more of that? Um, Or my focus right now is online only. Um, There are some events starting to open, but they are more like a small farmer's markets now. Mm-hmm. They, all our nine markets had switched to morning play for farmers market, which means it's going to be difficult for us to sell fairy floats at eight in the morning. Um, so we're going to hesitate a little bit to go to those events yet. Um, however, now with all the restrictions lifting, um, what's happening is that our sales are slowing down. More people are going out, less people on their phone. Um, but we're just going to keep on pushing. We're going to keep on being creative to give more reasons to come back to our website and to chop from us. That's it for now. That's the plan for the next 30 days. (laughs) Next 30 days. That's so awesome. I love those business lessons as well, Paula. And so for those of my listeners who maybe haven't bought from you or don't know you, where can they find you? We'll have all of your links in the show notes as well, but where's the best place to connect? Um, just come to our Instagram page or Facebook page. Like Instagram is at Fluffy Crunch. Yeah. From there, you can go directly to our website. Uh, from there, you can also check our giveaways because we're not just giving away 60 taps a week for our, our follow uh, for our customers, but we're also doing a lot of giveaways every week with collaborations with other vendors. So amazing. So it's just a way for you to come back to our page, find out more about us and more about our community because it's a huge community of people uh, that had to switch to online. And yeah. Yeah, we're there. That's so great. Well, I think that I love your success story. I, I'm sorry that you had to cry so much. <laughs> But I love the outcome that you guys had and it's so incredible to see how you pivoted and I hope that the online sales continue to keep you guys going strong as well, which I'm sure that they will. And I'm also so excited because you've been very, very kind and you've given us a special code, which is BOLD, B-O-L-D, If my listeners want to go on the Fluffy Crunch website and put in an order, then you'll get 20% off. So thank you for that as well. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Pleasure. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I absolutely loved having Sean, Michelle and Paula on the podcast. I think that it is so amazing to watch, you know, something at the end of the day, we all go through the emotions of what it would be like if we feel like we're obviously about to lose our business. I know that some people did and I do hope that they come back in some way shape or form but it's also amazing to see how people are resilient and figure out different ways that they can obviously move their business forward as well when times get tough and I think one of the biggest things for me that really came out of this is community Yeah, so when we look at all of these three particular businesses, community has been one of the biggest factors in their success. Asking for help, people jumping in, being part of something, you know, when they were in trouble, them actually putting it out there that they needed people to buy from them, that they wanted their community to be part of them staying afloat and staying in business. And you know something, when you build a community, when you build a brand that connects, then people will support you. And I think that it's just such an important element of 
creating a brand that invites that emotional connection. Because when you create a brand that invites that emotional connection, then people want to see you succeed and they will do whatever they can to be part of your success and help you when times are tough and when times are good as well. So I would love to know what you learned from this podcast. What were some of the lessons? What's something that you really loved? I would love you to share it on any socials that you love to hang out on. But if you do share it on Instagram, which is where, you know, I love to hang out, then please do tag all of us. So you can tag um, Aria Photography or Valley Loves um, as well. Obviously, I'm at Suze Chadwick. We've got Fluffy Crunch for Palia and we've got Grays with Michelle as well. So make sure that you send them a message and share this episode because I would love more people to hear about some of the success stories. And feel free to share your own success story on the gram and I would love to share that too. And to check out all of their links, then go to the show notes, which is suzechadwick.com forward slash one one two and that's how you check out all show notes all you have to do is go to the website forward slash the number of the episode and you'll be able to check out the show notes there as well but listen that is it for another week make sure that you head over to the website to check out all the things the masterclass, the bba waitlist, and anything else that you need help with when it comes to building a bold brand and getting confident to claim your space in the world So thanks so much for joining us. Have an awesome week and I'll see you soon.